Welcome to Ghoul's Night Out with your hostesses, Brandy and Jody. Hello, beautiful ghouls. Welcome. This is Brandy. I'm here with my sister, Jody. Hello. So I have some funny or wor- the worst pet names people have ever heard, I oh, guess. Oh, this is going to be great. My buddy has four dogs. They're all named Gary. He he yells Gary and they all come running. (laughs) That is hilarious. (laughs) Back when I was a teenager, my stepmom and I decided to go to PetSmart and get her, uh, her kid a fish. We got home and we're like, look what we got you. What are you going to name him? He looks his mom dead in the eyes, clear as day and says, dong. We both about pissed ourselves. (laughs) Dong. Dong the fish. (laughs) Uh, Next one, sugar ass. What the fuck is that? (laughs) Sugar ass. Uh, Next one, seifer, as in C for cat. Okay. Weird. Today I saw a cat for adoption named Jetlag, and to be honest, the more I think about it, the more I like it. <laughs> Jet for short. Oh, yeah. Next one, D-O-G. Oh, God. You can name your cat C-A-T. <laughs> <laughs> I was once talking to someone about our respective cats. When he asked what my cat was called, I said Jasper. He said he didn't like it and that was a that it was a dumb name for a cat. I asked him what his cat was called and he said super cat. <laughs> um Okay. But Jasper's <laughs> what? <laughs> uh, my neighbor has an orange cat named Titties. Oh my gosh. That's hilarious. That is hilarious. My friend has a cat named Catrick. Catrick Swayze. <laughs> For real, I love him. <laughs> Catrick Swayze. That's great. I like the ones, though, that, that that's titties. Could you imagine if the, like, the cat got out and they had to yell that? You're trying to find him. Titties! Titties, where are you? think you have lost your damn mind (laughs) that's why it would be hilarious (laughs) have you seen my titties (laughs) oh my god you're like aren't they under your shirt (laughs) well they wouldn't say that to me they'd be like i don't know where are they I swear. <laughs> okay, next one. A cat named Dog Food. <laughs> That's bad. A dorm mate of mine had his small dog named Dad. It was so confusing because when we were all moving in, only his mom and siblings were around during the setup process. I lost a bet and asked about the name. He said he's called Dad because he's actually here and comes back to us all. What? They named their cat Dad, (laughs) hoping it would stay around. (laughs) Oh, Oh, my gosh. That's awful. That is bad. A buddy of mine wanted to name the family dog Stains. His wife vetoed that right away. She said she's not going to be outside yelling, Come, Stains! (laughs) (laughs) Uh, That's almost as bad as titties. (laughs) Oh, my God. Next one. I went on a date with a woman who brought her dog along. He was called Mozart. She told me he was deaf. So I asked, why didn't she call him Beethoven? She said she didn't want 
she she said she didn't want to confuse him. What? I have no idea. He don't know what his name is. He's deaf. <laughs> Our cat is named Beans. When we got a second cat, we thought Weens was funny. <laughs> like Beanie Weenies. <laughs> but my wife shot that down, so I named him Toast. <laughs> Beans and Toast. <laughs> uh, good. Try and train a dog named Good. <laughs> oh, God. Next one, working in bo- in both the animal sheltering and training community, I've met dogs named Amanda and Buttcheek. I truly cannot decide which is worse. On- honorable mention are Sativa and Hypoxia. Oh my god. Oh my gosh. I once was at a pet adoption drive and a precious, extremely social, and friendly pit bull was named Dumpster. because she was abandoned and rescued from a dumpster i thought this was awful she was so sweet and adorable let's normalize not naming dogs after their trauma yeah oh poor baby next one my mom got a new dog in 2019 and named it trumpy because it had dirty blonde hair that was frizzy (laughs) i hate that dog and don't talk to my mom anymore This one is my favorite. My dog's name is Bro. I really enjoy calling him Bro. (laughs) And finally, just to note, after working in vet med for five years, Bella and Luna, there are many other names out there. (laughs) Oh, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And those are mine for the beginning. All right. So I did uh, people share their creepiest experiences. Okay. I was with my best friend while she was watching her four-year-old nephew because his mother, my friend's sister-in-law, was in the hospital. We would pick the little boy up from daycare to give my friend's brother time to get home from work, visit his wife in the hospital, and then he would pick him up from her house. One evening, the little boy was sitting at the dining room table eating a snack and coloring when he looked up, smiled, and waved. He then said, "'Where's my mommy?' My friend replied, remember, she's in the hospital. He said, no, she's not. Not anymore. My friend again said, she's in the hospital. And if you want, we can meet your dad there so you can see her tonight. The little replied, no, I don't want to go because she's not there. Where did she go? The next moment, the phone rang and it was my friend's brother. He was asking if she could keep her nephew overnight because his mother had just passed away. Oh my! And he needed time to get it together before he told the boy. She obviously agreed, but friend was like, um, I think he already knows. Oh my gosh. That's sad. That is sad. When I was 10 or 11, I slept over at my best friend's house one night. Let's call her Hannah. Hannah lived out in the country, and her family owned a stable where people could board their horses. I stayed at Hannah's house a lot and had a lot of creepy experiences there, but this one took the cake. It was a summer night, and Hannah and I were sitting on the deck with her mom. Suddenly, the three of us saw a light moving around in one of the horse pens. It looked sort of like a flashlight beam, but all the employees had left for the night, and they had no neighbors, so there shouldn't have been anyone out there. Hannah's mom sent us two kids to go check it out. Um, rude. Yeah, that's scary. Why don't you guys go and see what that (laughs) is? Let me know what that is. As we approached the pen, the light started moving toward us really quickly, and Hannah and I got scared and started running back to the house. At that point, we could see Hannah's mom running towards us. Then we heard something that, to this day, makes my blood run cold to think about. The sound of all the gates of the horse pins opening at the same time. They weren't electronic, so they had to be manually opened. Oh my gosh. There were at least a dozen of them, but they opened in perfect synchronization, even though we couldn't see anyone else out there. The horses started running around and freaking out, so Hannah's mom shoved Hannah and me up against the wall of the garage so we wouldn't be trampled. It took what felt like hours for her to get all the horses back in their pens, and we never did see anyone else or find out what the light was. Hannah's mom ended up taking us back to my house for the night because all three of us were so rattled. Whoa, that is, that's fucking creepy. That is, all those opening at the same time. They're, like, there's no explanation for that. Uh-uh. Wow. 
I attended college at a small Catholic liberal arts school. My senior year, I scored one of the biggest dorm rooms available all to myself. It was a corner room and probably reserved for one of the higher-ranking nuns that used to live in the building. I had a small area rug in my room, and late one Saturday night, as I settled into bed, I heard footsteps pacing on a carpet. I thought it was coming from the hallway outside, so I got out of bed and opened the door to check, only to realize that there was no carpeting in the hallway. Puzzled, I returned to bed, and the footsteps continued. Finally, on a whim, I called out, Hey, I just want to sleep. The footsteps stopped. Oh my gosh. (laughs) This phenomenon occurred every weekend, mostly on Saturday nights, but sometimes on Fridays, around 2 or 3 a.m. As soon as I would say I was tired and wanted to sleep, the footsteps would stop. I never figured out what caused them. That's creepy. That is very creepy. It's unsettling. Yeah. I would have asked if the hallway was carpeted at any point in time. Oh, yeah. See if, like, it's residual or... Maybe. Years ago, when I was in college, I had to pick up my boyfriend from work. It was really late, and I took my usual shortcut down this country road. It wasn't a creepy road. In fact, it was a very nice, wealthy area, but the houses were were far from the road, and the only light came from the porches as there were no streetlights. A car came up behind me and bumped into me a bit at the first stop sign. I ignored it, thinking it's dark and they probably weren't paying attention. At the next stop sign, they gave me a pretty hard bump. Obviously, this was intentional. I was so angry that they possibly damaged my car that I opened my door to get out and raise hell. Something stopped me from getting out, though. My brain was screaming that this was a trap Mm -hmm. and that there was no help out out here. Their headlights were blinding me, and I couldn't see the driver's face. I slammed my car door shut and drove like crazy out of there, skipping the rest of the stop signs. I never drove that way again. Always trust your instincts. That's for sure. Yeah. I moved in with a girlfriend at the time in her shared house with a bunch of other roommates. They were all in a fraternity, so the house was often loud. I remember one night we stayed up watching a movie in our room. The only other person in the house at the time was the oldest roommate, but she had fallen asleep on the couch. About 30 minutes later, we were both caught off guard by the sound of the front door sliding across the floor and closing as if someone walked in. Then we heard heavy footsteps walking down the hallway. They stopped in front of one of the spare bedrooms and jiggled the handle. At the time, we had about four puppies in that room just waiting to get picked up by one of my my ex's friends. We heard the door open and heard a wild animal fight, as if some sort of cat was in there causing a mess and scratching the walls. About a minute passed and the door closed. The same heavy footsteps began toward the end of the hallway where we were at. They stopped in front of our door and jiggled the doorknob, but it was locked. My ex always locked the door to our room for some reason. I never questioned it, but it was thankful that night. After a few hard jiggles, we heard the deepest voice mumble something incomprehensible. As soon as we heard that, we both looked at each other with absolute terror. We froze for minutes and only took a breath when the same footsteps retraced their steps and walked out the door. I didn't sleep that night. Oh, and our roommate asleep in the living room? Totally unaware. What? Did that make any sense whatsoever? Well... It, yeah, it made sense, but was it a ghost or was it a person? I don't know. It's weird, but... And, like, they, they heard a wild animal fight for a full minute and didn't, like, see what the fuck was going on? Yeah, I don't know. That, that was just a weird story. It was weird. Back in 2018, when I was an undergrad, I used to live in an old rundown rental home with two other girls. It wasn't much of a house and was actually attached to the back of another house and was more of a duplex, but we figured for the price in that area, it was worth it. Our landlord was super nice and kind, but her maintenance man that attended to all of her rental homes always gave me the creeps. He was probably in his mid-fifties and always reeked of cigarettes and alcohol. Our landlord even apologized before the first time we met him and told us that he was struggling with a drinking problem. The first time we needed something fixed, I had to leave for class as the maintenance man came to our place, but my roommates were present to guide him toward our multiple leaks and other maintenance issues. The maintenance guy must have seen me for a good half a second as I was rushing and already late. 
To this day, both of my roommates tell me that as soon as he came into our place, he immediately started asking about me. They didn't tell him much, but he definitely asked questions that made it seem like he was way more into me than just friendly and curious. The next day, he came back while my roommates were home to bring a part that needed to be replaced in our sink and blurted out while my roommates were eating breakfast that he was in love with me. What? My roommates laughed it off and he stopped working and just stared at them as they ate for a good few minutes before turning back towards the sink. He fixed the issues and left. After hearing about this, I contacted the landlord and voiced my concerns. She apologized and said that he was probably drunk and not thinking clearly. I was broke at the time and stressed from school and work, so I let it slide for the time being. A few days later, I came home in the evening, unlocked the door, and went to my room after a long day of classes and work. I noticed no one was home because both my roommate's cars were gone. As soon as I entered my room, there was a huge ladder in the middle of my floor touching the ceiling, and the maintenance man was in my bed. What? I freaked out, but tried to remain calm and asked him what was going on. He jumped up, slurred about the ceiling light needing to be changed, it was completely fine, and clumsily folded the ladder and left. I locked the door and told my landlord immediately afterwards. She apologized and said she may have to finally let him go, as this was definitely crossing the line. You think? Our landlord reached out a few days later and asked if any of us had seen him lately. I was barely home and said no, but my roommate said that they saw his work truck parked outside of the duplex a few times during the past few days. Our landlord said that she had, fire, she had fired him a few days ago, but that he refused to give back the spare key he had to our house. I shuddered and ran to my room as soon as I got home, and saw the ladder back in the exact same spot, touching the ceiling where I found it last time. He wasn't in my bed or anywhere else in my room, but all of us, including our landlord, were pretty freaked out by it. We ended up getting our locks changed the next day for free, and our landlord came and got the ladder out. No one has seen him since, including our landlord, and every time I see a silver ladder, I think about him and wonder what he could possibly be doing with that ladder in my room while in my bed. It gives me shivers down my spine just retelling it. Why do people have to be so creepy? I don't know. It's like, why do you think that's okay? Yeah, seriously. I don't... When I was in high school, my mom, grandparents, and I took a trip to Charleston, Charleston, South Carolina. We did a tour of this building that was formerly a dungeon where pirates such as Blackbeard were imprisoned once. There were stories about the basement floor where the dungeon was being haunted, particularly the elevator. My mom, grandmother, and I got on it to go back upstairs when the tour was over. We felt the elevator moving up, but when the doors opened, we hadn't gone anywhere. We were still in the dungeon. My mom and grandmother decided to try the elevator again while I chose to use the stairs. When I go to the top of the staircase, I heard the elevator door open to the left of me and heard someone walk out. But the elevator was completely empty, and so was the room next to it. Perhaps the rumors are true. Sounds like it. Yeah. That is, like, to feel an elevator moving and then it opens and you didn't go anywhere? Uh, Yeah, that's... That is weird. That's trippy. Yeah. When I was 10 years old, I had a horrible nightmare. I was in my childhood home and my mom was asleep on the sofa in the den. A man in a long white jacket with white hair and a bald spot broke in through our back door and shot my mom while she was asleep. I remember waking up screaming and crying for my mom who came over to comfort me. It felt so real and I had never been that upset before. A few weeks later, I went with my mom to her doctor's appointment. Her doctor walked in with a long white coat and I immediately recognized him as the man from my dream, right down to his white hair with the big bald spot. That same week, my mom passed away in her sleep. What? That's weird. That is weird. That gave me chills for some reason. I don't know why. Maybe that doctor killed her somehow. Hmm. I don't know. That's weird. That is weird. When I was 19 years old, my younger sister, 16, and our niece, 14, were having a sleepover one weekend. I had just seen the film Ouija the day before, and it had kickstarted a conversation about using a Ouija board. Of course, growing up in a Baptist household, that wasn't something we just had laying around, so I got the bright idea to make one. 
I fashioned one together using poster board and a small glass dish. We all huddled, huddled, oh my God, <laughs> huddled around our makeshift Ouija board and placed our fingers on the dish. Of course, with time, it began to move, and we all accused one another of moving it, to which we all denied. I don't remem- remember much about the contacts we made through the board, but what happened that next night will remain etched into my memory forever. The next night, I, was, I went to bed early. I had just finished midterms and was so exhausted. I had even fallen asleep with the lights on. That night, I woke up feeling cold. When I opened my eyes, I saw a little boy standing at the foot of my bed, and the next thing I knew, I felt the sheets being ripped off of me and felt a hard tug on my ankles. When I was able to sit up and gather my thoughts, I saw my sheets on the floor and my feet and ankles were sore. Could it have been guilt for playing with a Ouija board without my parents knowing? Could it have been sleep paralysis? Sure, but needless to say, I'll never fool with the supernatural again. Ever. Well, that's good. But, I mean, yeah, you invited something, apparently. It's a little bit late yeah. <laughs> for that. <laughs> Once when I was a teen, I was home alone taking a shower when I heard a knock at the door. The door was off the driveway, which the bathroom window overlooked. So I hopped out of the shower to see who was there. I looked, and there were no cars, no people. When I turned around, the lights in the bathroom were suddenly off. I was in the shower, so I know I had the lights and bathroom fan on. The moment I realized they were off, the lights flicked back on themselves. I was terrified. I got in the shower, rinsed, threw something on, and searched the house for signs of an intruder. No one was there. To this day, I have no idea what caused all that. That's so weird. Yeah. What the fuck? Since I was a child, the house I grew up in always had a weird vibe to me. I always felt a male presence in or near my room at night but my mother never believed me. One particularly cold winter night, I went to bed as usual with a lot of blankets to stay warm. I woke up briefly in the middle of the night to feel a warm hand on my face, cupping my cheek. I assumed it was my mother and kept dozing in and out, assuming that perhaps she was checking on me. I opened my eyes to look at her and there was no one there. I could still feel the hand on my face though. I slowly propped myself up on my elbow to look around the room. No one was there except for my cat, who was sitting up on the end of my bed, staring hard at my bedroom door. I mentioned it to my mother the next day, and she completely dismissed it as a dream. I knew better, though. I found out later from neighbors that the original owner of the house died there in my room. He was a widow for many years after his wife and two children were killed in a car accident. According to the neighbor, he was quite benevolent and loved all the neighborhood children. That benevolence seemed to have carried over into the next world. My grandparents lived on a beautiful forested property with a river. They built their house by an old burned-down dance hall, which they also built a guest house on top of. The first floor was a very open concept with a living area slash kitchen, and the downstairs basement was where the bathrooms and bedrooms were. I was in high school at the time, and it was Thanksgiving break, so I was with my family staying in the guest house. My sister used to live there and told me lots of creepy stories that I brushed off at the time. They all decided to go to dinner, but my Newfoundland mix and I stayed behind to finish a report for school. After a while, I had to go to the bathroom and went down the stairs to the narrow and slightly creepy hallway with my dog in tow. When I started to pass by an open door to one of the bedrooms, I looked at my dog who had stopped suddenly. His hair was standing up. I froze in place and looked in the room where he was looking. A rocking chair partially facing us was rocking very intensely. Not like something pushed it, but like someone was in it and rocking fast and rhythmically. After a few long seconds of staring, my dog growled at the same time I said something. The chair abruptly stopped. It didn't move an inch. I couldn't believe it, but I bravely went over and made sure there were no fans or windows open. Nope, no breeze or draft. It was just a basic old wood rocking chair, nothing fancy or mechanic. My dog and I ran upstairs and didn't move until my family came home. I told them what had happened and my parents tried to rationalize it, although I could tell they were a little unnerved. My sister just shrugged and basically said, I told you so. It still creeps me out to this day. I've never had anything like that happen to me. That would freak me out. 
They just wanted to sit in the rocking chair no. for a little bit. No. Just pass through. No. <laughs> Not when people can see it, no. <laughs> My ex and I broke up on relatively good terms. We stayed friends for years before I finally had to cut off contact when I got sober, save for us checking in on each other every now and again. A few months ago, I thought of him out of nowhere and realized I hadn't heard anything from or about him in months, which was unusual for us. Out of nowhere, I thought to myself, I wonder if he's dead. Not a super weird thought to think considering he'd been an addict for years, but the way it popped into my head was kind of odd. Two days later was Christmas and I had spent the whole day at my parents' house. When I got home that night, I took off my shirt, and it smelled super strongly of something familiar, but I couldn't figure out what it was until I realized it smelled just like his house in high school. It was a super distinctive smell, cigarettes and dog and brute cologne, Mm. none of which I had been around all day, and I had just washed that hoodie. That does not sound pleasant. (laughs) The smell was gone by morning. The next day, I found out he had died the 23rd, the same day of the thought I Ooh. the same day of the thought I had thought of him. He died with no ID on him, so it took two days for them to identify him and contact the family, which ended up being Christmas night when my hoodie and his scent. That's, that wasn't a good sentence. His family said when they got the call, the lights on the Christmas tree blew out. And a few other people had similar weird happenings around the same time. Crazy. There's a lot of stories where people will like, something will pop in their head and then they'll hear something. Yeah. When I was an undergrad, I used to manage a restaurant in a busy college town to make some side money. It was one of the most popular restaurants in town, but my boss was very traditional and asked me to stay after closing time to count all the drawers including all the safe cash every night. Needless to say, I often ended up staying at the restaurant alone after all the other staff had already left, and oftentimes closed up by myself. On this one particular night, I turned off all the lights, peered out the window to make sure it was safe for me to exit the restaurant, as I always did, and set the alarm for the night to lock up. As soon as I closed the door and walked out onto the street, a man came up right behind me out of nowhere and asked me if I had any cash to spare for some food. I lied and said no, but handed him a fresh complimentary meal that I took to go from the restaurant that I didn't get to eat for dinner. He took it and just stood there staring into my eyes, but in the moment it felt like he was piercing my soul. He was wearing a huge mechanic's jumpsuit that was torn up and dirty, and he was at least six feet tall. It's Michael Myers. Oh my god. My stomach fell to my feet, and I turned around and began walking as fast as I could. I turned around briefly and saw him still staring at me and throwing the entire box of food straight in the trash. Oh my god. This is when he started sprinting toward me. What? I began running home faster than I ever had in my life. I lived about three blocks and three streets behind the restaurant, so I knew I had a good ways to go. Before I turned on my street, I looked back for a quick second, and he was still running after me. I knew I had to book it, because it was clear he wasn't just running after me for the fun of it. I made it home, finally, jabbed my keys in the door, entered my rental home, and locked it as fast as I could. I ended up having nightmares about this guy, but never told a soul about what happened. To this day, it still gives me the chills to think about it. That's fucking creepy. That is very scary. Yeah. During my first semester of college, I had a three-hour class that ran from 6 p.m. to 9 p.m. The class was a 15-minute walk from my dorm, and it was pretty dark by the time we got out. So I usually called my mom and talked to her on the way back. One night, I ducked into another building on campus on my way back to my room so I could put some things in my backpack because it started to rain while I was walking. I put all my stuff down on a table in the lobby right by the doors and I stayed completely silent while I did it because I wasn't sure if anyone was in class or using any of the the study rooms and I didn't want to disturb anyone. As I was leaving the building, my mom asked if there was thunder because she could hear a rumbling noise in the background. I told her no because I hadn't heard anything. I continued on my way back to my room and got about halfway there 
before I realized I had left my lanyard in the building and needed it because it had my student ID and I couldn't get into my dorm building without it. When I got back to the building where I had left it, it wasn't on the table by the door. Anxious that someone had taken it, I started looking all around and saw it on a stack of newspapers across the room. I thought maybe a custodian had moved it, but nothing else in the room was changed or cleaned. I called out hello and got no response, so I just grabbed my ID and started to leave. On the phone, my mom told me she heard that rumbling noise again. I was pretty freaked out, so I booked it back to my room in the rain. It wasn't until a month or so later when I was taking a ghost tour on the campus that I found out that the building where I'd almost lost my ID was considered the most haunted place on campus, and tons of people over the years had reported hearing the rumble of roller skates on hard floors there, just like my mom did on the phone that night. Huh, that's creepy. I like it. Mm Mm-hmm. They just moved their ID a little bit. Yeah. (laughs) I grew up in the desert in Southern California. When I was 10, I had a dream that I opened my front door and saw a man wearing a large, long, black trench coat and a black cowboy hat. He had the hat pulled so low on his brow that I couldn't see his eyes. I was transfixed and couldn't move. In a voice I heard in my head, he told me, he told me that if I can't get you, no one can. The voice was low and soft. His presence felt menacing and lethal. I felt locked in place even though I wanted to shut the door in his face. I remember screaming, but the scream was locked in my head. He then picked me up and carried me into a field where he strangled my body. I remember floating over the body and seeing it was a young woman dressed in 1800s clothing, or what I assumed was that time period. Nothing prepared me as I watched him dig a grave and place the woman's body into it. The man then dropped to his knees and cried, Why did you make me do this? Why wouldn't you listen? I woke up covered in sweat. The house we lived in definitely had some activity. We would move into this house, or when we moved into this house, I could hear people talking outside my bedroom window sometimes. We lived in five fenced-in acres, and the house was in the middle, so there shouldn't be anyone there. But hearing voices and seeing strange shadows became the norm. At night, I refused to leave my bed. I was scared about what lurked in the shadows. I woke up in the morning of my dream and told my mom about it. She told me it gave her goosebumps. We basically dropped the conversation because I had to get ready for school. After a year or so of paranormal experiences, my mom hired a renowned psychic. We were told not to tell her anything until after she went through the house and did her private reading. The reading was recorded, and my mom and I listened to it afterwards. On the recording, she told my mother that a wagon train had settled on our property, and we had settlers who got stuck here and built a homestead. She told my mom that a young woman was murdered by her fiancé over him believing she loved someone else, like in my dream. She also told us that the property was extremely haunted. She also told my mother that I had the gift and tried to help me come to terms with being able to communicate with the dead. So many things made sense after she left. To this day, I still remember seeing the man and the crooked mouth he had as he ground his teeth in anger. That's a very interesting story. Yeah, it is. When I was a teenager, my mom was outside smoking during the winter. Startled, she came in and grabbed me to come look at something. She found bare footprints in the snow leading to our snowmobile trailer. They came from the road and went all the way down our driveway. My mom put a footprint with her shoes on next to one of the bare footprints, and it was a little smaller than hers, indicating a woman. When my dad got home, we asked him to look in the, snow bo- in the snowmobile trailer. He did, but there was nothing and nobody in there. There were no footprints away from the trailer, just to it. It was so strange, and we all can't explain, explain it to this day. That's weird. That is weird. Hmm. And it sounded like it was barefoot, right? Yeah, that's what... Yeah. That's weird. Years ago, when I was about 15, I lived in a cottage at the bottom of a valley. There was a pleasant, if steep, walk that went from a gate to, that went from a gate at the side of my cottage all the way up through the woods to the top of the hill, following the trail of a stream. I had absolutely no fear of these woods. They were bright and open, and it was the British countryside, so there wasn't exactly any dangerous fauna around. I walked the, po- the path often. One day, I was coming down the hill toward my home just after sunset, so it was getting dark, but still fairly light. 
I was hugging the side of the stream, and I looked ahead because I saw movement. It was a deer. No biggie. The woods are full of red deer. I then clocked that it's a stag, and it's drinking from the stream about a hundred yards from the gate by my house. I crossed over to the far side of the path and stood for a minute watching it. It didn't really move much, so I kept walking, thinking it was going to scamper the second it saw me. I was about 50 yards away when it clocked me. It lifted its head, and my whole stomach sank. There was something wrong with its face. It was sunken in places and covered in flies and others, and there was thick drool dripping around its nose. I noticed then that the deer was missing fur in places, was pretty skinny for a mature red deer stag. It locked eyes with me and didn't move, so I clapped my hands, thinking it would get scared and bolt, but it maintained eye contact with me until I was about level with it on the path. It still didn't budge, so I clapped again. It shook its head and sprayed snot and drool everywhere, then started walking toward me. At this point, I was no more than 20 feet from the stag and maybe 30 feet from the gate. I was fucking terrified. Something about it just felt off. I walked a bit more quickly toward the gate and the stag coughed and did like a jolting step like it was trying to run at me but couldn't. I just sprinted to the gate. By the time I got through and closed it, the stag was like two feet behind the gate. It had chased after me. Now that it was this close, I could smell it, sweet and sickly. With the gate shut, it just staggered backwards and then disappeared off into the woods. I didn't ever walk up there on my own again. That's weird. It almost sounded like it's a zombie deer or something. That's exactly what it sounds like. Like it was dead, but it was still walking around. Yeah, that's what it sounds like. That's weird. (laughs) And this is my last one. I went to a very small school in a small town. Our whole campus, K through 12, was less than one square block, including the parking lot and a baseball and softball field. Our school was next to an auto body shop, which had a lot of wrecked cars that was separated from us by a chain link fence. That lot was about 10 to 15 yards away from the door that we walked out that we walked out of to go to the playground for recess. The story takes place in the second grade. My best friend's name was Tommy. Tommy's dad had a brand new silver and blue Dodge Daytona. Tommy loved that car because his dad let him pick it out. One Monday, Monday, I got to my classroom and the teacher was clearly crying before we came in. Tommy wasn't in school, which was weird because he never missed school. My class was outside for recess and I asked to use the bathroom. Our classroom was next to the playground, so the teacher let me go by myself. As I came out of the classroom, I saw Tommy on the other side of the fence in the auto body lot. He was standing next to a crushed silver and blue Dodge Daytona. I told him he was going to get in trouble for playing in the lot, but he shook his head really weirdly. Then I remembered he wasn't actually in class that day and asked why he was so late to school. He turned around and pointed to the car, but never said anything. My teacher noticed me standing outside the door of the classroom and started walking over to where I was. I noticed her coming and thought I was in trouble for not coming right back. I looked over to tell Tommy I'd see him tomorrow, but he was gone. I vividly remember thinking at the time that he was going to be in so much trouble for playing in the auto body parking lot. I met my teacher halfway back to the playground, and she asked what on earth I was doing standing at the fence for so long. I said, I don't want to say because I don't want to get anybody into trouble. She said, why would anybody, why would anyone be in trouble? After about a minute of asking and prodding, I finally blurted, blurted out, Tommy's playing in the lot next door. He's going to be so mad at me for telling. Her face went blank and sheet white. I thought I did something really bad and started to get upset. She called me down and said I did nothing wrong, but that I should go back to playing. She walked next door and I could see her talking to the owner of the auto body shop. His eyes got huge and he immediately hopped into his tow truck and to move the car that I saw Tommy standing next to. I went on with my day as usual and didn't think anything more about it. After dinner that night, my parents took me into their room and said they needed to talk to me. They explained that Tommy wouldn't be coming back to school. I started bawling, saying that I knew he'd be in trouble for playing in the auto body lot. They looked at each other confused for a moment, then asked what I was talking about, so I told them all about talking to Tommy that afternoon. Both of their faces had the same look as my teachers did, so I asked why everyone keeps looking like that. That's when my dad explained that Tommy and his dad were in a bad accident the day before and they died instantly. 
It wasn't until I was in junior high that I learned from one of Tommy's cousins what really happened. Tommy's father was an abusive alcoholic. His dad let him pick out the car as an apology for breaking Tommy's arm while on a drunken rampage. Tommy's mom petitioned the court for full custody once she learned the truth and won. His father was supposed to return him home Sunday afternoon, but when he didn't show up, his mom called the authorities, fearing the worst. His dad was drunk and trying to flee from the cops when he crashed and killed him and Tommy. It was just really crappy luck that they parked the crashed car right outside the door of Tommy's classroom. Apparently, my childhood best friend came to say goodbye to me one last time. Oh my god, I got chills. That's so crazy. I know. It's so sad. Oh my god. Okay. I have some unexplained things. Okay. First one, as a child, I had many missing time experiences. Often in the middle, middle of the night, I would find myself in the basement and very scared. Nearly always, this was accompanied by images or feelings of Armageddon or something like that. I used to write it off as a combination of bad dreams and sleepwalking, except that it happened twice in broad daylight when I was wide awake. The worst was on a sunny Saturday afternoon. Several of us were melting dry ice in a puddle at our court entrance. Suddenly, we were overwhelmed with the urge to run across the street and into the woods. I don't remember if someone suggested it or if we all just thought of it at the same time. Whatever the case, it felt like the best idea I'd ever had. We began to run across the street, and that's the last thing I remember. The next thing I knew, I was at home about an hour later, crying and very scared. To this day, I have no idea what happened in that missing hour. It remains a haunting mystery for me. Hmm. That's weird. Next one, my husband and I were on our way back from Japan and about to catch our connecting flight from L.A. to Florida. We were seated on the plane when the pilot announced that we were delayed because there was a problem with the plane that needed to be fixed. We sat there for close to two hours uh, before we were all told that the flight couldn't happen. We got off the plane and through the shittiest experience imaginable, we made it to the hotel. Fast forward to finally catching a flight the next day, finding our luggage, and getting home. Neither of us really remembered the details super clearly. clearly. I assume exhaustion and jet lag played a part, but the whole week after we were home, we both felt super out of it and spacey. I kept having dreams about the plane crashing and the pilot not having found the problem with the plane. Then a few days later, my husband and I were talking, and I told him that I kept having this dream that the plane crashed and we died, and this is the afterlife or something. He said he was having similar dreams, and that made it even weirder. Like our reality splintered into a different timeline. Hmm. Weird. Next one, this happened about 10 years ago. I was out running errands and remember seeing a black pickup truck that had death from above printed on top of the windshield. About an hour later and 15 miles away from where I first saw it, I passed by the very same truck. Then I drove another 40 minutes to another to the other side of town to pick something up and you guessed it, saw the same truck. It really freaked me out running into death from above three times in a city with about two million people. A friend called me about that time and asked me if I wanted to grab lunch. I needed to get out I needed to get home, but I was feeling creeped out and decided I needed some company. When I got home, I saw that a very large tree in my front yard had fallen over into my driveway. My neighbor said it happened about an hour and a half earlier. If I, had been creep if I hadn't been creeped out by the pickup truck encounters and hadn't gone to lunch, that would have been when I returned home. Death from above? That gave me chills. Me too. Those kind of stories always do. Yeah. It's weird. It's like when something bad happens in a spot that you're supposed to be at. Yeah, that's that's got to be unsettling. Yeah. <laughs> uh, next one, I had a weird friend in high school who was into fortune telling, telepathy, etc. One day we were talking on the phone and she told me to stare at something in my room and think about it over and over again. And she would be able to tell me what I was looking at. And she had never been in my room. I was looking at a cut-up pick from a magazine, a pretty painting with lots of different colors, and focused in on three colors, orange, sea foam green, and magenta. She listed orange, a light green, and a purple. No, pinkish purple. Yeah, I was creeped out. Oh, yeah. I That's wonder if that out. really worked. I don't know. We should test that. We should. 
really doubt if that would work. I doubt it. <laughs> <laughs> I'll start guessing. He'd be like, no. I'd no, be like, yeah, that's not. That's not. Not even close. We're not even close to psychics. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> but what if it worked? Yeah, you got to believe. <laughs> it's like fairies. <laughs> Okay, next one. When I was young, my dad, my sister, and I often uh, used to cycle to a local park. One time when we were there, my sister and I were cycling around the, the car park of the building within the park while my dad was still farther up at the play area that had swings and a seesaw. As my sister and I were coming out of the car park to go back to where my dad was, I heard him shout, watch out, there's a car. We cycled off the road and onto a verge, and seconds later, a car driven by some knob came around the corner and narrowly avoided hitting us. A bit shaken, we cycled back to, to our dad. When we got back there, we thanked him for yelling a warning so we could get out of the way. He looked a bit bemused and said he hadn't shouted because we were so far away, he, but he had thought it. It was only when, or it was only then that I realized when we had, oh my god it was only then i feel I you girl i feel you <laughs> it was only then that i realized we had been too far away from him to have to have even heard him yell it was so odd that i heard him shout when he hadn't and that essentially saved us from being run over i still can't explain it to this day my dad passed away last year and i miss him every day that is cool yeah uh, next one, first, my first week of high school, I walked by some guys in the junior's locker hallway, and as I looked over at them, I spotted one in particular the exact thought, with the exact thought of, I'm going to marry him. He had on a football jersey, so I noted the number, and a week later, that boy transferred into my English class wearing his football jersey. A few months later, he was talking in class too much when the teacher told him to go sit next to and despite there being a few open seat i just knew she was going to put him next to me yep she did we began talking finally became a couple in our in my sophomore year broke up and i even moved 1900 miles away i still knew we would get married my family ended up moving back when i went to a different high school then Despite living in a town of 500,000 people or so, we still ran into each other and got married at 19 and are still together. Hmm. She knew that was her man. That's interesting. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. Next one, I used to walk up to this little woodland area with my cats in the evening. People called me that girl who walks her cats. (laughs) Once I stood there and looked at one of them right in front of him and suddenly he was just gone. We were in a clearing with short grass, and he's a big, white, long-haired cat. I felt so weirded out, he literally just vanished before my eyes. A few seconds later, he was behind me, 20 meters back, acting oddly excited as he trotted up to me. (laughs) (laughs) Like, look what I just did. I can't believe... I don't understand why some people get pets that are so good i know that they can just walk with them around and they're yeah. just gonna stay with them i have never in my life had a, a pet like that yeah i mean ever <laughs> must they be always his... act like they're fucking crazy yeah and they run away from you yeah i don't i don't get it either i try to put anything on odin or and he like immediately freezes <laughs> well a lot of cats do that too i've seen that before i can't even get close to jade <laughs> I don't. <laughs> I don't know. Just must be certain animals have. You know, they got their own little personalities. Yeah. Okay. Next one. When I was eight or nine, my mom's sister, cousin, and I were driving from Tucson, Arizona, to Salt Lake City, and lost about six hours of the drive. Like it was early afternoon, and suddenly the sun was setting, and the tape. It was early, or it was late eighties, early nineties was on the other side as if it had been looping for hours. We were all singing one song at the top of our lungs, and then it felt as if we had come out of a haze, and the song was different, and no one was singing, and we were definitely hours down the road from where we had started. No one was saying anything, till my cousin suddenly said, Did I fall asleep, or did time go wonky? To this day, the remaining three of us have no idea what happened, and I think about it from time to time. That is so crazy. It is crazy. What is that? I don't know. It has to be a portal or something, right? I 
I don't well, know. Well, in this case, it had seemed like time didn't stop, though. It, they were they just didn't remember it. It was just missing. Because, like, the, you know, it, it had seemed like the tape had been looping for hours. They like were every, hours down yeah, the road. Yeah, like everything was go- still going, but they were stopped yeah. somehow. Yeah. That's weird. That's weird. Next one. I moved into this apartment about two months ago, and there is a weird thing in this place that drives me nuts. When I stand still anywhere for a few moments, usually to read uh, something on my phone, there's a sensation of the floor directly under my feet rising as if someone is beneath pushing the floor up, creating a dome-like sensation under my feet. I have friends standing still to see if they'd feel it as well. Four felt it and two didn't. Almost all of the floors, hallway, living room, two bedrooms, and a kitchen are in wood planks. The bathroom has a lino floor. There's no cellar. I live in a quiet area, so there's no heavy traffic nearby. The train station is about a 15-minute walk away. There's actually nothing that can be that can explain the sensation. I get it if it only happens in one. I get it if it would only happen in one room, as the sensation could be due to the wood planks not fitting well. But in all rooms, including the bathroom lino floor, it doesn't unnerve me at that much anymore. But I want an explanation. That is weird. What it is that, weird. What is that? I don't know, like a sensation that you're being lifted. That's weird. Next one, my grandfather's dementia got really bad before he passed, and for almost a year, he kept talking about this white house across the street. There was no house, it was just a cow field. The day of his funeral, my mom and I were were in my grandparents' house, and we both saw a white house behind this field that wasn't there before. What? It's like he talked about a white house, then he died, and the white house showed up. That's weird. That's weird. When I was in middle school, we had two cats, which was a maximum number of cats my parents insisted we were going to have. There is a program with a local pet store that works with our Humane Society to put one or two cats up for adoption in in the store. We had gone there to pick up our usual cat food and looked around, and each of us ran across the current, current cat they had in the store on our own. Each of us had felt that she would fit in with our house really well. When we got back together to leave, it was obvious she was going to be heading home with us. A few years later, when I was in high school, I became friends with a girl in some of my classes. When we got around to talking about our pets, I mentioned my cat, and she got a strange look on her face. She asked me to describe her, and we realized that her family had been the foster cat they had stayed with until she went to the store. It was very weird since she lived across town from us, and my hometown had about 400,000-plus population. That's weird. Hmm. Not too crazy. No, but but, it's kind of, whoa, you know. Yeah. Uh, Next one. This happened a few days ago. My husband and I were on our way to Nashville to, to the Sounds game for a work function. We live about an hour away. I randomly thought about my ex, who is from Nashville, and wondered if he ever randomly, or if I would randomly run into him one day i hadn't seen or spoken to him in years once we get there we're getting snacks at the concession stand we had club seats so it was a lot smaller of an area as we were walking off after getting our food i turned around and saw my ex standing there right behind me we made eye contact and stared at each other for a second then both looked away neither of us was ever a baseball fan i've had that happen a few other times with a few different people over the years Another time, I was thinking about a family friend whom I hadn't seen in about 15 years. Something I saw reminded me of her. My kid and I went shopping about 30 minutes later, and guess who I saw walk past me in the aisle? That family friend. Hmm. See, it's weird. Yeah, that is weird. Next one, I don't know if I should call this a dream or a vision. I'm not sure, but I have a very vivid recollection of walking with my aunt through a railroad tunnel in a small town near where I grew up. I know exactly where it happened, what we were wearing, and how it felt. She was holding my hand, and we were just walking. Nothing freaky or scary, but once I was old enough to drive, I went to that place, and the railroad is there, but the tunnel doesn't exist. My aunt said she and I have never been to that town and definitely haven't walked the tracks together, but it's so real to me. Probably just something my mind made up, but I hate not knowing. 
It's a different timeline. Timeline. Interesting. Next one, when I was in high school, my dad took me on vacation to San Francisco and Yosemite. On our first night at Yosemite, when we returned to the hotel room for the night, I remember walking to the bathroom to get ready to to get ready for bed and passing by the closet area and all of the empty hangers violently smacked around as if someone had taken their hand and brushed it across each one later on after falling asleep i remember waking up suddenly and immediately noticed a yellow floating orb in the corner of the room mind you there were no lights on on inside or outside of the room and the curtains were closed regardless i was definitely creeped out and tried waking my dad to see if he could see it too I got him to half wake up and he told me there was nothing there and to go to sleep. I eventually fell back asleep. Sometime later I woke up again, still seeing the same yellow orb floating in the corner of the room. I managed to fall asleep one more time. Some time passed and I was woken up suddenly by what could only be described as my mother's voice screaming my name. Once my dad and I were awake for the day, I told him everything and said I had a bad feeling and needed to call mom right away to make sure she was okay. I called and everything was fine. To this day, I can't explain what the hell happened, but I still get creeped out every time I tell the story. Hmm. It's weird. Next one, in 2007, I was actively looking for a puppy to adopt. One night, I dreamed about a tiny, gray, fuzzy puppy that was mine. Fast forward a few weeks, and I was with my mom picking up her new puppy when the same puppy from my dream was right in front of me. I tried to leave without her, but she kept following behind me. She was a once-in-a-lifetime dog, and I'm so grateful I got a sneak preview into who she would be. Aw. That's nice. Sweet. <laughs> Next one. I was driving home from work one night about 11 o'clock, clear night and a near full moon. Great for stargazing while driving. As I was driving along a straight stretch of highway, I looked up into the sky to my right and noticed the silhouette of an object flying quite low, no higher than 200 meters, but at roughly the same speed I was going. For the size reference, it was about as long as a large firefighting helicopter. I returned my eyes to the road and five seconds later looked back up and it was still there. It was like a rounded triangle shape, like a guitar pick, but not quite so elongated. I initially thought I might have it might have been a helicopter or army plane because as a crow flies, we weren't far from some army barracks. This definitely wasn't a helicopter and didn't look like any aircraft I knew of. There weren't any separate segments, wings, uh, tail, etc. It was just one solid piece of machine. I put down my window and to get a clear view without any dashboard reflection but the thing that really stood out to me that was odd was there was no noise i don't mean from the aircraft it was traveling at 100 kilometers an hour and there was no rush of air passing my window and my ears i could hear the tires humming on the road but no engine no wind and no noise from the aircraft it continued to sit above me to my right for about two minutes no lights coming from it and pacing my car as I drove the straight stretch of road. As I was approaching the bend in the road, I suddenly heard a loud whirring sound. A single light started glowing and turning and turning in its center, and it took off at a sensational speed in a northwest direction. We'd been heading south. No braking, banking to turn. It changed direction in an instant. The best visual comparison I can make is stretching an elastic band as it paces me, then letting go of the elastic band, it takes off in the other direction. And it left me with all the wind noise of driving along highway at 100 miles, 100 kilometers an hour. That's weird. Made him deaf or something. Wait, what? Made him deaf. Oh. For a minute. Next one. Multiple times. First, I had this dream about a stage with totem poles on it. I was like seven or eight. Years later, I end up in Roanoke, Virginia at a reenactment of the massacre, and it was the exact same place I dreamed of. Second, I was in bed in college the night before my juries, it's a music major performance thing, and my grandmother, who had passed away, was literally lying in the air above my bed telling me I would be okay. I was half asleep, but woke up fully, half crying and half laughing. 
I killed it on my performance and made sure to wear the bracelet she'd left me because she told me to. <laughs> and my last one. My dad and I both have very vague memories of being in a park on a sunny day when I was around four or five and seeing the most stunningly beautiful butterfly and feeling like time had stopped. I'm 25 now and brought it up to him recently and he said he has the exact same memory. It's hard to explain, but it felt like time stopped and life was brighter than normal. Hmm. That's interesting. That is interesting. Hmm. Those are mine. Okay. That must mean it's time for the witty wrap-up. Yay, witty wrap-up! I did funny tweets. Okay. I asked my three-year-old what kind of cake she wanted for her birthday, and she said two cakes, which is the correct answer. I like it. (laughs) You may not think I am a woman of great strength of character, but I told my two-year-old last night that he couldn't have any more cookies, and he looked me in the eye, bent down, and licked a cookie on the serving plate in an act of claim-staking defilement, and I did not laugh. Oh, wow. That, that's good. I would have picked that fucking cookie up and shoved it in my mouth. (laughs) Be like, that don't bother me. You you came out of my body. <laughs> yeah. Do you think a little spit is going to phase me? <laughs> oh, children. <laughs> they have no fucking clue. They really don't. <laughs> my grandfather fought in a world war, and my five-year-old asked me to come to the bathroom with him to, to hold his nose so he doesn't have to smell it when he poops. <laughs> Wow. That. Wow. (laughs) Oh my gosh. No one laughs or even smiles when I sing, Lord, I was a scrambling man every time I make eggs, but that's the dad life, baby. (laughs) I would have laughed. I would have (laughs) too. Other mom at bus stop. Last day of school before Labor Day break. Can you believe it? Me. Just now learning there's no school tomorrow. No, not at all. How fun. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> Glad I ran into you. <laughs> my children wanted to play restaurant and are very upset because I told them my place does not allow kids. <laughs> I gotta figure out some insane rules for my kid that she doesn't question until she gets older. No pink lemonade in the house. It's unnatural. And she's like, right, of course. Lemons are yellow. It's unnatural. Then decades from now, she's in college, in a college dining hall, like, wait, what? (laughs) That makes sense. Not really. Hmm, That was a weird one. Let's just pretend like we didn't hear that. Okay. Okay. Saw the baby talking to the air, so I'm immediately moving and leaving her behind. I've seen this movie before. Oh my god. You want to buy a house? Free baby. A little boy at the park ran away from my twins and promptly told his mom, They scare me because there's two of them. Same, buddy. Same. That is kind. Of, that would it be kind of scary yeah. if you were a kid. You didn't know what the fuck a twin was. Yeah, yeah, that. Yeah. <laughs> I'm producing a parenting song called "Everyone Ignores Me Until They Want Something." I like it. <laughs> I love when families have one or f- a few standardly named children and one totally out there named child, and you're just like, "What happened here?" Seriously so weird like i don't understand how parents come up with names sometimes like, i've what, never really thought about what goes it goes through your mind when you name children i always wanted something that was wasn't like common yeah you know yeah of course his name is common so now, common so <laughs> especially when he was born it's like his age group uh-huh yeah yeah there's a ton and they're not all boys either. Oh, they're, no. It's like totally like girls, boys. There's yeah. so many people. Yeah. Oh, well. 16-year-old bragging about his mustache. 
oh my 12 year old <laughs> mom's mustache is way better than yours <laughs> Oh my god. I would slap the shit out of my head. Oh my gosh, what? But then I would fucking laugh because that is hilarious. <laughs> How rude. Oh my god, that's funny. 11 <laughs> year old. Are we there yet? Me, minutes away, 11-year-old. Technically, we're always minutes away from everything. We're minutes away from death right now. Oh. Okay, then. Way to bring the house down. (laughs) (laughs) Me, having a heartfelt moment with my child. My child, can I have a snack? Oh, well, yeah. You didn't expect that? Yeah, really. (laughs) Don't mind me just refinancing my house so my kids can go to the pumpkin patch. (laughs) god it's not not untrue that's right a heist movie but instead of navigating lasers and speeding trains the hero has to remove the lanyard from a pacifier in a sleeping baby's mouth without waking the baby Ooh, that's a good one i spent months planning this road trip down to the last detail husband spots a candy store boom he's the hero of this story oh fuck that yeah fuck you <laughs> Dads are always the fun ones. <laughs> Look, he happened to see a candy store. Great. <laughs> I woke up my kid for the first day of school, and she rolled over in bed to face me. A smile slowly spread across her face, and then a fart ripped at full volume under the covers. Nice. I'm so excited I farted. Okay. <laughs> Kids. Have kids so that it can be your fault. A two-hour movie they want to see can't be watched in 30 minutes. And my last one. When my kid asked why I was so loud in the morning because it woke her up, I explained this is passed down from generation to generation. (laughs) Oh, you know what? I have one more. Hold on. I asked seven-year-old if she was ready for second grade, and she said that second second grade better be ready for her. Ooh, nice. And that's all I got. All right. Well, thank you so much for listening. Send in your stories. We need them. Ghoulsnightoutpodcast at gmail.com. And we'll talk to you next week. Later. Bye.